Welcome to the American Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Holly. What is up, everyone? Welcome. We're in just a tad late, 706. Welcome to the uh, Wednesday, December 16th, 2020 show. Uh, I am the American Nomad, Rav Holly. Welcome to the Libertarian Hour. I'm B Camera over here. Uh, I got some things to announce. It's not that big a deal. I mean, people say announcements like it's going to be some kind of crazy announcement, but just some things I'm working on. I was going to let you fill you guys in on. As a matter of fact, I've been working on it so much, I didn't even really have time to look at what's going on in the news or anything so basically i just made it the show topic because that's all i've been doing uh you got 906 there yeah running a little late so yeah it's uh 706 here i was close anyway what do you say without uh further ado we hit a camera and see if we can get it to focus and uh get this wednesday hump day show on the road Let's do it. If you're not subscribed to the channel, do me a favor and hit that subscribe button. If you enjoy the show, don't forget to hit that thumbs up. Give us a like. Helps us in the YouTube algorithm. Oh, man. Look at that. Looks like a camera is focused. Now let me get my screen set here. It's a little bit off. Turn this music down a tad. It's a little loud. All right. What is going on, Random Nomad? Good to see you, brother. And Eve. Good to see you, Eve. English Brooklyn Bulldog. Hey, Rav. I'm just listening to your show today as I'm driving up the force falls well there is nothing wrong with that eve glad you're listening glad you're tuning in that's why i've been working on the just trying to get the audio version going on this thing because you know i know everybody doesn't have time to just sit and watch or you know join in and watch the video version of the show so that's why uh i really uh worked on getting the audio version going so you guys if you just want to hear the audio uh, Random Nomad, I know you've listened to the audio a couple of times when I've uploaded on YouTube. What do you think about that? Uh, do you think I should upload the audio to YouTube? Because my thing is, is when I upload it to YouTube, if I do upload just the audio to YouTube, uh, I can monetize it where it's not monetized on my podcast, uh, you know, uh, hosting channels. But I don't know. It also takes away from my... Uh, if I upload it on YouTube, it usually gets more view or, you know, more listens. But the problem is, is for some reason, those listens don't go into the downloaded stream numbers, which is what I'm working on. If that makes sense. Uh, let's see. Hey, Matilda. Good to see you, Matilda. God, we got some of the, we got some of uh, the friendly faces in the room already. We got Ryan, Random Nomad, Eve, Brooklyn Bulldog, and Matilda. Good to see you guys. So, are you guys ready for uh, you guys ready for Santa to come see you? Has everybody been good this year, or or like me, you're probably going to get cold in your stocking. 
I actually can't complain. I actually, uh, my one of my best friends, I didn't get really anything for my birthday, but when you're old, that happens, right? But I was going to show you this guy. I don't think it's in here anymore. I put it oh here we go so anyway I was going to uh, I got this uh, card you can see it I got this card birthday card uh, it's not gonna focus I got this birthday card uh, came FedEx uh, it came from North Hollywood California and uh, my good buddy uh, one of my best friends I was literally just talking to him about the store uh, that I'm doing. It's his artwork. The card is. It's a birthday card. And uh, it's from none other than uh, JT, Ella, and Ben. And if you don't know who JT is, he's one of my best friends. And uh, he was in the movie Pulp Fiction and Saturday Night Fever and Grease and a lot of other movies. But he sent me a birthday card. And not only did he send me a birthday card, he sent me a check. So... That really made my birthday. I'm not going to show you guys how much it is, but he sent me a, I haven't deposited it yet, but he sent me a check. So, uh, made me, made my day, made me feel good. Uh, let's see. Random Nomad says almost never miss a show. I know Random Nomad. You're, uh, uh, always here. And I, I really appreciate that. You, Matilda. Eve, all of you guys are longtime listeners, but uh, Random Nomad, you're here religiously. The funny thing is, is I was thinking about this, is I would probably, if it was just Random Nomad, if it was just you listening, I would probably still do the show just for you. It's weird because uh, it's, uh, it, if you just have one person that appreciates your show, it makes it all worthwhile to keep doing it, whether you have a big following or a small one, which is weird. Uh, cool looking card didn't know he was an artist i i didn't either but he does like to uh, uh I, f I found it out a few years ago but it's funny he doesn't do art that much it's i will i will uh say that i've gotten that same yeah maybe in the past but that's okay uh matilda now that i'm home again i'll be here awesome matilda yeah you're off the road now huh you're back home you're back here in is it Placentia? Where where are you at? Pomona, maybe. You're right here in Southern California with me. It was hard when I was traveling. Yep, I hear you. It's one of the things about uh, moving around when you're traveling. You just kind of just don't know where you're going to be or what you're going to be doing. So it's hard to make. It's hard to make plans in stone. Plus, you're traveling, and that's you're, you shouldn't be having to. You know, you're out there uh, doing your thing. You shouldn't be having to schedule a show around what you're doing. You should just be out there enjoying your life. I did find that one. I did find that when I was traveling, I was watching a lot of YouTube. It was hard when I was traveling. Yeah, getting service as well. Uh, San Gabriel Valley. Yep, that's GV. Well, all right, guys, uh, let's jump into the show topic today, which is nothing uh, spectacular, but I'm kind of proud of it. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about for ages, uh, but I just didn't really feel comfortable 
setting out to try to do it. And I'm still, you know, it's one of those things you just do it or you don't do it. And I'm still not, uh, I'm still not a hundred percent, but I've made up my mind. I'm going to try to pretty much hundred percent made up my mind that I'm going to try to do it. Uh, because I did do, uh, and cause I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not, a, I don't even, I know how, I'm pretty fluent in Photoshop, but I, I'm not, uh, an illustrator, which is like where you design like jackets and where you design t-shirts and stuff like that is Adobe illustrator. And, uh, but you can do, uh, you can do, uh, uncomplicated designs in Photoshop, but illustrator is, I guess, is what the professionals use. And I don't know how to do, I'm not a, I'm not a professional designer, uh, but I've been wanting to do shirts for the podcast, nice shirts. You know what I mean? And I, I did that, that black one with the, the bird on it that you guys saw, uh, that was on my scope of from one to 10 on the design. I thought it was about a two and a half or a three. So nobody bought it and it didn't surprise me because it was not a very good design. It was just me piddling, trying to do, uh, something and trying to figure out the merch store and trying to, you know, figure out how to build that stuff. Cause I didn't know how to do it. But I will say that that's one thing that Serena taught me when I worked at SVO because she's very fluent in everything garment related. And uh, I helped her. Her and I actually built the, the store for Core, her leggings that we were getting ready to launch. Let me see if I can. Uh, <clears throat> let's go over here and I will pull up. Uh, let's see if we can pull up Core. Oops, dang, hit the wrong button. Hit the wrong browser. There it is. Okay, so bear with me, guys. I like to be able to show you guys what I'm doing or what I'm uh, what I'm talking about. It's so it's so awesome. So <clears throat> the only thing though is it covers up my screen where I can't touch my can't get to my buttons. Oh, that's the wrong one. There we go. So this is the core website that Serena and I did. And uh, this is exactly what we were working on. Uh, and we were literally getting ready to launch this like on April the 8th, I think, or the 7th, April the 7th or 8th. I think it was the 8th. April the 8th was our launch day. And uh, we did not end up launching because that ended up being the day that uh LA went into lockdown for the, uh, for the CV, for the China virus. Um, but I took all of these pictures and, uh, <clears throat> and all of the product pictures. So the shop will go in here. So this was built, uh, this website was actually built with Squarespace. So I did all of these pictures here. This is Serena's, what Serena's best friend. It's funny cause that's Serena's best friend. This one's Serena, Serena's best friend again. Then all of these down here, the lower body shots are all Serena. And uh, this was a leggings line that was going to be a higher end leggings line because we did all of the work. I did this photo here too. You can't really see it on this screen, but it's a big banner photo of uh, Serena. Uh, 
but we uh, did this leggings line because, and it was going to be a higher end leggings line, uh, like Lululemons, I believe is it's called, is what all the women are crazy about, the Lululemons. And it was going to be kind of to compete with that because you can see the pricing is $72, $84, which is expensive for a pair of leggings. But the deal is, is the reason it's so expensive is because uh, I talked Serena into doing these. Well, I didn't really talk her into it, but I, I affirmed like, let's do these leggings and let's make them right here in Cal or in the United States. So we did that because she has all of the, the wherewithal. She has all the knowledge to manufacture any kind of garment. So... Um, we did these, these, these leggings were cut, sewn, everything. Uh, the only thing I, I don't know if we got the fabric in the States, but I think we even got the fabric in the States here in the United States. So all of this leggings that we were doing, that was going to be one of our branding points is it was, they were all made here in the United States. Uh, which if any other garment out there, any of them, just about what they do. And this is what Serena used to do uh, before the, you know, before the, uh, the pandemic is she had facilities that she facilitated with in China and she's Asian. So it was very easy for her to do that. So she was going back and forth to China all the time to the facilities over there because <clears throat> there was uh, you know, she would order 50,000, she'd put an order in for 50,000 t-shirts. Or when I first started working there, we had an order for 500,000 hoodies uh, that they were sewing and it took them four months to do it. And they literally finished it up right at the end of the pandemic. So, uh, but I actually uh, helped Serena in Squarespace put this website together and I didn't know anything and she wasn't completely fluent in doing the websites. Um, but she, she did all this. She did all of this sizing copy and stuff. She put all of this stuff together. She's, she's really, really smart. She put the gift card up here so you can get a gift card. Uh, <clears throat> but I helped her, uh, do this design. Like uh, she would design it and then I would tweak it and then she would go, oh, that's a good idea. And then she would tweak my design a little bit. And so her and I as a team pretty much put this website together. And then uh, so I've always wanted an e-commerce store, but just didn't really know how to go about it. So I really started thinking, you know, like I want to design some shirts for the podcast. So I did that and uh, I'm going to show you guys right now. Uh, the new shirts. So uh, now remember, I'm not a designer, but uh, I actually got this done. So uh, I know Random No Matters. Maybe it was Travman said that if I would did like a logo, just a logo shirt or a cap or something, you guys would be might be interested in that. So the problem was. <clears throat> I always wanted to do, because I want to get uh, this hat, I want to replace this hat with an American Nomad hat, but I want this square to be the AN American Nomad logo flag. Does that make sense? So, I, uh, so the problem was, is when I did the logo for the American Nomad, I designed it, and uh, I didn't... I, I didn't save it large enough. Does that make sense? Basically what I did was I went out there, I found a flag, 
uh, on the internet and I cut it down in Photoshop and then I put the A&N in the replace where, the, where the, the, there was a different logo there. So I covered that logo with black and then I put the A&N into the flag and then I cut it down. But the problem was, is I just did it on a whim. I was just like, well, man, it would be cool to have like a, an A&N logo flag. And uh, so I started trying to figure out how to do it. And then I saw one that was done with someone else's logo. I was like, oh, that's cool. I could do that. And instead of having a full-on rectangle American flag, I wanted something that could be just like a little logo in a square. So basically all I did was I found the flag, cut it down, put the ANN in there, and then saved it. But when I saved it, I was doing it in a hurry. And I did not save that flag in a large enough copy or a large enough... Uh, format that could be used on a t-shirt or even this hat anytime I went to like one of the like like print on demand uh like uh oh my gosh like uh teespring for instance and if I tried to put the logo on a shirt it would say your logo is not large enough to put on a shirt it needs to be certain certain dimensions so I can never use the logo so uh what I decided to do is uh, I, what I finally decided to do was, um, sit down and actually work on re rebuilding that logo and saving it into a larger logo into a PNG file instead of a JPEG. So it took me a little bit, but I got it done. And so now we have the, uh, we have the, the shirts and I don't think you can see it on this screen, but there's a hoodie down here at the bottom. Let's see if we can see it. Yeah, you can barely see the top of it. Let's see if I can. We'll squeeze this out. Here we go. I know how to make it where you can see it. Whoops. There we go. Now you should be able to see the hoodie. So the hood, there's a hoodie, there's socks, there's a pillow. And so this is the, at the top here is just the podcast stuff. Uh, and this is just going to be like for you guys. I mean, everybody's not going to order this podcast stuff. So there's a t-shirt, uh, unisex t-shirt, a cup and a couple of stickers. But then the A&N stuff, I'm going to make all kinds of stuff for that, for the A&N thing. So I was pretty happy with these designs. You guys let me know what you think. So I designed the American, I designed all of this. So, uh, I liked the old school microphone. I had this design in my head. Uh, I'm not going to say it came out as good as I thought it was going to, or as good as I hoped, but I had this design in my head for the podcast for a while. Uh, I didn't know I was going to use the American flag with the microphone, but I knew I was going to use the microphone and I didn't, I had planned on doing this design with the mic, the old school microphone, and it was just going to say American Nomad podcast. But then uh, I, I found the flag and I was like, oh, I could combine these and add the flag. And so that's what I did uh, to kind of make that. And I learned my lesson from the first time I saved this design in Photoshop. When I did it, I saved it large enough to put it on a uh, hat or you know anything like that so that's what I'm planning on uh, getting some caps and everything uh, uh, done you know whether you guys order or not I don't know if you're interested in it but let me know what you guys think on the uh, design uh, Joe Eldorado says I need another coffee mug awesome uh, the other thing is is the mugs are $14.99 that's kind of expensive uh, 
And I went through, because uh, so the hoodie, for instance, if you look at the hoodie right here, uh, I'm using Teespring. If you don't know what Teespring is, is basically Teespring. We used to do all the print for Teespring, actually. And Teespring uh, is a, a SVO. Uh, Serena quit doing it because there wasn't enough money in it uh, with working with Teespring. But they've actually blown up. And how Teespring started is they start basically Teespring started out as a merch company uh, for people that were inf basically influencers or, you know, famous YouTubers and that kind of stuff. So they could. Um, so they could. Uh, so they could have a, a store to sell to their fans. And they did such a good job that YouTube actually partnered with them. And if you get 10,000 subscribers, which I thought I would hopefully have by now, but I don't, if you get 10,000 subscribers, you can actually embed a shelf. So you have a shopping shelf. You see that all the time on bigger YouTubers. If you go to their YouTube channel that you're subscribed to, it'll have their t-shirts and stuff underneath their videos. If you get, if I ever get to 10,000 subscribers, I have a Teespring store, so I could do that as well. But I don't know if I'm ever going to get to 10,000 subscribers. I'm losing subscribers on this channel. I used to be up around 6,100, and now we're down to, I don't even know, 5,900 and something, I think, or 5,700. Uh, but anyway, so I did the Teespring store. I got it all set up. This is stuff I really used to look really complicated to me. Uh, but anyway, so the hoodie, for instance, Teespring sets the, uh, the, the pricing for you. So you don't even have to do anything to the pricing if you don't want to. Uh, and, but this hoodie was $47.99. So I slashed the price cause you know, they're, they're doing it where you get a good profit off of it. Uh, and then they make a, you know, they're going to get their money one way or the other, but they want it. They set the pricing because they figured that the people that are buying from you, I guess, are your biggest fans. So they're get, they're willing to pay for money, more money for your merch. But I just felt like this stuff, a lot of this stuff was overpriced for myself. If I was going to be buying it from somebody that I watched. So like the hoodie that was $47.99, I just slashed $10 off of it. Instead of making $15 off of the sale of the hoodie, I'll make $5. So basically what I've done is I went through everything pretty much and tried to cut it down to where my profit would just be 5 bucks, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm not trying to rip anybody off. I'm just, you know, if you guys want merch, I'm just excited if you buy some of it, if, you know, if somebody was wanting it. Random Nomad says 5.96 thousand subs. Okay, and I used to have 6.2 thousand or 6.4 thousand. So I've lost quite a few subs. But uh, anyway, so I got the Teespring store done and I got some designs that I'm actually happy with. There's going to be a lot more. I'm going to do some women's shirts and a lot more stuff, but it took me a while to get this thing set up like I wanted it. But it inspired me uh, to actually start looking out uh, because with Teespring, you can't sell anything on there unless Teespring has offers it. Basically, they give you a list of everything that Teespring has, uh, and then you can put your own design on it. But if it's not on the Teespring website, if it's not in their merchandise, then you can't sell it. Does that make sense? So say, for instance, this phone case. Everybody asked me about my phone case. It's got this little handle on it, and this is a magnet. And people ask me about this phone case all the time. So if, let's say I wanted to sell this phone case uh, in my store. I can't do that on Teespring. 
it's just literally just Teespring stuff. Uh, what they what they offer is what you can sell. Uh, it's okay, Random Nomad. Hopefully, uh, we'll 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 build back up. I'm gonna start uh, really hard and heavy on the uh, the Nomad News channel, and hopefully, I can do some cross promoting because the Nomad News channel is up 86 subscribers, and I haven't even put a video on there in a year. Uh, so I'm going to start back up uh, with some Nomad news here in, uh, the, very soon. So anyway, um, this doing this store, though, actually, um, what's the word? It, it I, I felt like, hey, you know, I actually got this thing put together and it looks pretty good. So it, it, it inspired me to actually look into doing an actual real store because I want to be able to. I've had so many people ask me about my jacket. And the supplier that I got this jacket from with the COVID, they pretty much stopped making this jacket. So you couldn't get one. You couldn't get them. Uh, but I got a hold of them and I can get these jackets again. Uh, it's just they don't make them in bulk anymore. Does that make sense? Uh, they're not making these. Uh, they're not producing these. They're making a few of them. So, but I can offer them as a specialty item if I wanted to sell my American Nomad jacket, my signature jacket. So, uh, I've decided to actually try to open up a real e-commerce store. So, here's the store that I've designed. Just click to it. Uh, this is what I've gotten started off on. Uh, it's not the right picture to begin with. So, that's the front of the store right there. And so I, I'm, I, I had to have a come to, coming to Jesus uh, meeting with myself that come 2021, which is just a couple of weeks away, uh, I either have to drop the podcast and just drop the whole YouTube thing, which was my, that was my whole, um, that was my whole thing for this year was to really work on the podcast and really work on things and try to get these things launched to where it would support me in 2021 so I didn't have to go back to work when the pandemic light when it starts to lighten up and people are going back to work um, so I really took this time to, to try to figure things out that I didn't know and try to figure out you know what I was going to do come 2021 so what I've actually figured out I'm going to do is I'm going to launch this merch store and I'm going to work on this merch store and it's going to be my baby, but I'm going to try to sell uh, other things on there. I want it to be like a van life resource, but also a clothing brand. Does that make sense? So like, uh, you know, you might, I might find like uh, some different, I might be able to partner up with like some different uh, like uh, chargers or something like that and be able to offer them in the store. But I want to be able to do like a fashion brand, American Nomad fashion brand that's basically geared towards people that are nomadic. So I want to do like nomadic t-shirts. So I'm a photographer. So I've, I've got a whole, um, I have a whole, like, I have all of these photos. I have uh, folders of all of these photos I've taken uh, when I was traveling around and a lot you know I've probably got maybe 25 or 50 t-shirts photos that could be put on a t-shirt with a with a with a saying so um, I think I'm going to do like a whole nomadic brand for you know like quotes and stuff like that so I'll show you uh, I'll show you a picture that I took let me see if I can get to my Facebook uh, to kind of give you an idea of what I'm talking about. So, uh, oh, and the other thing I did here, uh, 
is I've also uh, been able to Facebook, even though I'm banned on Facebook right now, uh, as you can see right here, it says account restricted. I can't post for like another 25 days or something like that. But they did let me go ahead and uh, they did let me get, if, see, this is funny because see if I try to, let's say if I try to like this, it'll give me a, uh, your account is restricted for 23 days. Your previous post didn't follow our community standards, so you can't do things like post or comment. On December 9th, your comment didn't follow our community standards on harassment and bullying. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a harasser and a bullier, uh, according to Facebook. Uh, so anyway, uh, but they did let me go to my American Nomad page, and I was so surprised that they let me do this, but they let me open up my shop. So I opened up, uh, I opened, I got my shop. So you can literally see my products right here in the shop on my Facebook page. All the, all the American Nomad gear is on the Facebook page. So uh, hopefully I will get that uh, once I have my other store up. So it's so funny because Facebook is owned by Instagram. But Facebook, which I'm on restriction on Facebook, and Facebook owns Instagram. Facebook approved my shop. It's already there. You can see it right here on the site. So I already have a shop on Facebook. Uh, my, my shop is already on Facebook. Uh, but what I'm, but the funny thing is, is even though it's on Facebook, uh, I tried, you can now put a shop on Instagram. Instagram denied my shop. <laughs> Does that make any sense? It doesn't even make any sense to me. But Instagram denied my shop. So uh, Instagram, I guess, is very strict about drop shipping. They don't want you to drop ship. If you're going to sell something, they want you to physically have it in-house. So like if I was going to sell these phone cases, they would want me to warehouse like, you know, however many I said I had. If I said I had a thousand of them uh, to sell, then they would want me to have a thousand of them to sell in-house. So, and if you're drop shipping stuff like print on demand and stuff, they, they won't approve your store. So I didn't know that, but I put in to have my store approved after I did it on Facebook and then it was denied. So I was like, well, what, what's going on here? So they said your, uh, your website isn't linked to the, to your store. So I changed my link on my store to Teespring and resubmitted and they reviewed again and denied it again. And I was like, what is going on? And then I found out by looking at some YouTube videos that they will not approve you if you're a drop shipper. They want you to be like a, like a, you know, like a storefront and actually have your items to sell, which is not what I'm really doing. So I, um, that's when I got to thinking, well, I want to shop on Instagram because that's a really great place to uh, market yourself. And that's when I started looking into uh, actually doing a real store because if I do this real store, then Instagram would should approve me. So uh, that's when I came up with uh, this American Nomad store here. I don't know if you guys can actually see the whole thing. Uh, let's see. I know I, I know what I can do. I could go into my Shopify and go preview. And then we could look at the, uh, well, it's the same thing. There's a mobile preview. I don't remember where it's at. Anyway, but anyway, um, 
So this is this is the shop. Let me see if I can shrink this down. There we go. So that's the shop, and uh, it's got a mobile view for mobile. So when I shrink it, it actually works better than full screen. But that's what the shop looks like. And then I've set some different pictures in here. That's the front picture. And then you have my jacket, uh, which I have signature series jacket. Uh, the one thing I'm still working on is getting my labels uh, to sew. You have to sew a label in. So that's uh, that's just other stuff. I may just sell the jacket without it if I can't afford to uh, buy the labels. And then the hoodie. And then uh, if you go here. So there's a t-shirt already in here. And that's just the basic, uh, that's going to be the basic fan shirt, you know what I mean? Uh, at $14.50, and that was as low as I could make the price on the shirt. So uh, I thought I, I was hoping I could get a shirt for like $9.99, but yeah, $14.50 is as low as, and that's basically almost just selling this one shirt at cost. But this shirt is like the lowest quality t-shirt of all of the t-shirts it's not a fitted t-shirt so it's just basically just a fan shirt uh, that I could get at a really a really good price for the t-shirt and, and make like five dollars on it so my cost on it's like 19 uh, 9.99 if that makes sense so I put it for 14.50 so anyway yeah that's what we're uh that's what I'm working on Probably this is probably boring stuff for you guys, but like I said, it's kind of all I've been doing here the last 72 hours is working on this thing. Hey, Joel P., good to see you, buddy. Uh, what did you say, Joel P.? I find it odd that American Nomad lives in the People's Republic of California. I know, right? I do too. I need to get the hell out of here. The funny thing is, is um, I was talking to a friend of mine last night, um, and she moved, let's go back to our full screen here, she actually moved to Texas a few years ago, <clears throat> she moved to Texas a few years ago, not a few years ago, like five or six years ago, she moved to, uh, she moved to uh, Austin, and uh, from Costa Mesa, California here. And she had lived in Austin, and when I was uh, did my vlogging over in Austin, I, I spent like a week in Austin hanging out with her, a week or two weeks. And um, she's back in California now, and I was just talking to her last night. She wished me a happy birthday, and I was telling her, I'm like, I'm ready to get the hell out of here. I think I'm going to go to te go back to Texas or something. And uh, she was like, oh, my gosh. She goes, yeah, I would move back to Texas, but I might go to uh, – she goes, she might go to Idaho, but it was funny because we were having this conversation and, uh, when I was over there, which was like three years ago, it was kind of right in the dawn of Trump, uh, being elected. And, uh, I knew her and I've known her mom for a long time. I knew her mom before I knew her, her mom, uh, is famous in the biker world, uh, back in the day, like, let's say 10 years ago, eight years ago, nine years ago. Uh, there was this huge, I guess it was like the Jesse James, the West Coast Chopper thing, which I used to ride my, I used to take my bike, yeah, Jesse helped me do my Sportster. Uh, so if you're a fan of West Coast Choppers, or if you know what West Coast Choppers is, that West Coast Choppers was a 10 minute ride from my, my warehouse studio in downtown Long Beach, in Long Beach. Um, 
And I'm really good friends with Jesse's ex-wife, Janine Lindenmulder. So, um, but her and I've kind of had a, I'm not a falling out, but she doesn't really talk to me anymore because she's full on, you know, she's very liberal and now I lean conservative. So she doesn't really have anything to say to me anymore. So I found that happens a lot. And Brittany uh, was very liberal, not a Trump fan. Her mother, Chopper Doll, not a Trump fan. Actually, very, they were very hostile when Trump got elected. So when I was in Austin visiting Brittany, I just did not say anything about politics, didn't say anything about California versus Texas, any of that stuff. Just didn't, didn't, didn't go there. And then last night, oh, screen froze. Let's go to a camera. There we go. Uh, thanks, Freedom Dove. Hey, Freedom Dove, good to see you. It's a good thing we have a different, uh, and this one's not focused. There we go. Uh, so, um, I didn't say anything to her about politics when I was visiting her in Texas. I uh, didn't say anything about politics at all and didn't really talk to any. I didn't really come out that I was a Trump supporter in the in the beginning. Um, yeah, thank you, Matilda. We went back to A camera. I don't know what happened to B. Uh, so I um, didn't, 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 I didn't, you know, we were having a good time over there when I was there. So I didn't want to do anything to, you know, um, fan the flames or anything. So I ended up uh, just not saying anything about Trump. But last night we were talking through via text message and she informed me that she is now a full on Trump supporter and a full, she voted for Trump and she's just as passionate about She's more, you know, she reminds me of when, you know, Trump first got elected. She's, she's out there on her. And her, she said her mom uh, is the same way. And her mom basically I feel like her mom, Chopper Doll, stopped talking to me simply for the fact that I was a Trump supporter. And now her mom is a Trump supporter, too. So it's kind of funny. And she goes, uh, she told me, Brett, Brittany, she said, like, after the rioting and the looting, she goes, that completely changed her ideology. She goes, that, that was her red pill moment. And it's funny because I've actually had like 10 friends uh, in the last probably two months to come to tell me that to, to get a hold of me and go hey you know what we're on the same team now it's kind of weird let's see let's get back in the room see what you guys have to say matilda says just did the entire country cali to new jersey can't beat cali weather but i'm still hoping to get out of here we'll miss the amazing weather though <laughs> matilda if i could take this weather I love California weather. So that's one reason, you know, people, even my brother, you know, my brother is very like, why are you staying in commie California is what he calls it. Commie California. <clears throat> and, uh, I'm, I'm, you get spoiled with this weather because I like nice weather. And when I lived in Texas, you have nice weather, probably about 200 days a year. But then in the middle of the summertime, it is so hot, you are miserable. And it doesn't matter where in Texas you're at. I've lived in North Texas. I've lived in West Texas. South Texas is worse because that's where down in Houston and the humidity is awful. So I've lived in Dallas. I've lived in Lubbock in West Texas. Uh, West Texas is a dry heat. So there's not really any humidity. So it's a lot like uh, the weather here in Cal Southern California, which is a dry heat. There's a not, there's very little humidity. But in Texas, man, it's just a different level of hot. I don't know what it is. So for me, like 100 degrees in Texas seems in West Texas seems a lot hotter than 100 degrees in Southern California. That, that makes sense. I don't I don't get it, but that, it does. 
Uh, but the weather is just, you cannot beat this weather because every single day, like even today, I mean, it's a beautiful, it was a beautiful day. You walk outside. It's like Groundhog Day every day. Beautiful, sunshiny day. Like probably three and a half weeks ago, one night I was sitting here. I did the podcast. I'd been working in my office all day. So I just assumed it was a beautiful, sunshiny day all day. And then I got ready to go eat after I did the podcast and I, I walked outside. It was already dark. I walked outside and it was a little bit cold and the wind was blowing like crazy. It was like probably 35 mile an hour winds. I was like, what is going on? Like this, I was, I kind of enjoyed it. It was like something different. I was like, whoa, this is different. Uh, Cause it's just groundhog day every day here. It's just another sunshiny day. And when you live in Texas, man, the seasons change. Uh, you get winter over there uh, and you get summer. And here in California, I mean, you get it was a very hot summer this year. But a hot summer for California is, you know, it was we did have a month this year of pretty warm weather, which was different for us. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, I, I keep moving over the wrong way. Let's see. Yeah, I think that's better. Um. I don't know why I keep for some subconsciously, I guess, cause I have my camera angle. This camera angle is a little, it looks off and it looks like it's pointing this direction towards the wall. So for some reason I subconsciously move my chair towards the wall, which is completely out of the middle of the screen. Uh, so I apologize. But anyway, yeah, that's if people ask me all the time, like, why are you still in Southern California? I, it, I love the weather, but the main reason is if I can get rid of Bertha, if I sell Bertha, then I am, uh, I'll have a little money in my pocket and then I will no longer be tied to California. I could get out of California. I could close this office down. That's the other thing is I have to figure out if I close this office down, everything in this office, I need to take with me. I want to take with me. There's, and then I have a whole storage unit that's full of the stuff that was in my house in Joshua tree. So I have like an eight by 10 storage unit. That's literally stacked to the ceiling. Uh, nothing but those lights that just got stolen that was worth like five grand there's really nothing in there i have like a a huge uh craftsman toolbox that i had in my house in texas when i was married uh back in the day like in then got 2006 i haven't been married i've been divorced since then but uh, so i have a craftsman toolbox in there i've just got a bunch of odd and ends but i could actually consolidate that get rid of a bunch of that stuff maybe rent a u-haul put that stuff in a U-Haul, hook it onto my snap-on truck, and I could be out of California. Uh, but, you know, I'm just, uh, until I get rid of Bertha, I'm kind of stuck here. And I have not got the paperwork for Bertha, Matilda. It's all I have to do, what I have to do is I have to get Bertha into a, I have to get Bertha into a, um, place to get it smogged i can't get the title until i get bertha smogged uh, california is holding the title uh for ransom until i get bertha smogged uh if i had bertha smogged i could put her on ebay or anything i'm actually to the point of thinking about dropping the price maybe a little bit and uh just advertising hey if you're gonna buy this rig in california you got to get a california smog but then you also got to do the title information or whatever so i don't know how that works because i can't get the i I applied to get the title changed. I, I, I applied and I paid to get the title changed. 
And then uh, they never sent me the title. So finally I got a hold of them. Like, did the title get lost because of the pandemic? Like, where's the title? They're like, oh, no, we won't give you a title until you get that, until you get that, that rig smogged. We'll hold your title until then. So I have a title uh, that was changed. So I guess maybe you could take that title into a different state and just follow to get the title. I don't know. It's a mess. Uh, <clears throat> Random Nomad says in the bottom, no state income tax. Yeah, there's no state income tax in uh, Texas either. Uh, I can't decide on Arizona or Nevada, Nevada for residents. I have that same dilemma. Uh, the reason I would go with Arizona uh Random or freedom, oh, freedom Dove. I'm sorry, I thought it was Random Nomad. Uh, freedom Dove. The reason I would go with Arizona over Nevada is for the simple. If you're going to be a nomad, is there's lots of BLM land in Arizona. There's tons of places to park. You can go stay in Parker for months at a time. Then you can, you know, you could go to you could go stay in Parker for like a month or two probably because you have 14 days on BLM land. You can stay on BLM for 14 days legally. Uh, and then you have to move. So uh, I think, and then you can't come back for, I think four days, you have to move to a different spot. So you, you know, literally Parker and Quartzsite is like 30 miles between those. So you could go from Parker and I like Parker cause there's a really nice casino there that great places to eat. There's always literally like maybe 50 to a hundred rigs. I'm not kidding you. Motorhomes, a class motorhomes, B class motorhomes, uh, every size motorhome, uh, travel trailers. It's a crazy thing if you see the casino, uh, the Blue Water Casino, I believe it's called, in Parker. There, it's a nomad destination, and they they don't mind nomads because the nomads use the freaking casino, so they don't run you off. Now, I will say, if for those of you that haven't been to Parker. Uh, most nomads don't realize this when they're in Parker, but I can tell you this because I know I've overheard people because I've spent a little time in Parker. The locals in Parker, Arizona hate you. They do not like you. So just be aware of that if you go to Parker. Uh, I think it's got a lot to do with Quartzsite because Quartzsite is just overrun with nomads because Quartzsite is so small. There's not a lot in Quartzsite. And you can literally find long-term camping in Quartzsite where you pay, I don't know, I think it's like <clears throat> maybe like $200 and you can stay there year-round. They, they have like long-term camping, uh, long-term LTC, long-term camping. Uh, where you can just pay one fee and you can stay sick. You can stay like a, you can stay a week, a month, six months or a year. You just pay a different fee. Uh, so that's in Quartzsite. So I think because Quartzsite is so overrun with RVers and, and nomads that the locals, I mean, you don't really get that hostility from the locals in Quartzsite because if it wasn't for the nomads, those people, I don't even know if Quartzsite would even be there hardly anymore. Uh, but because a lot of the, 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 population of Quartzsite are people that are nomads because it's very nomadic built little town. That's why all the nomads, that's why RTR, that's why Bob Wells held RTR in Quartzsite. But if you go to Parker, Parker's a nicer town. It's bigger. There's a Walmart. So if you, if you ever looked at any of the videos talking about going to RTR, uh, you would be at R RTR at Quartzsite in Quartzsite, Arizona. And Bob would say, if you're coming to Quartzsite, make sure that you get for RTR this year, make sure you stock up wherever you're coming from, because there's only like a little grocery store and maybe a dollar general. And there's not much in Quartzsite and it's very expensive because uh, they gouge you for everything. Food's expensive. Everything's expensive. 
uh, because it's basically all of the nomads and they the, the locals know this. So, you know, you would pay like for a little jug of Tide, something that you could buy at any other Walmart anywhere for like $3.99. They'll charge you $7.99 in Quartzsite for that same jug. So you want to get your stuff before you got to Quartzsite. Or Bob would tell you, or you could go to Parker which Parker is about 30 miles away. So if you stayed in Quartzsite for like a month, you could make a supply run to Parker 30 miles away. Well, Parker's got a Walmart. It's a bigger town. There's a Pizza Hut, McDonald's. There's everything in Parker, which I think there's a McDonald's in Quartzsite too, but there's just not a lot of selection in Quartzsite. But if you go to Parker, it's got a the big Blue Water Casino. It's got a whole bunch of stuff. But the locals do, they are, they are hostile. They do not like nomads. They don't like us. And uh, and for good reason. You know, but the funny thing is, is when I was in Parker, I would see crazy stuff like uh, uh, out behind the McDonald's in Parker, by the across from the Walmart, the McDonald's across from the Walmart. There is a huge parking lot out there where a lot of nomads park behind the McDonald's. So I parked out there for a couple of days, two or three days on that in that big huge open space parking lot I parked all the way at the back of the parking lot which is up against this huge spast of vacant of space of vacant land and I would take my dog out to go walk through this vacant land take him to go for a walk and we're walking out through there and I could not believe it but we ran into somebody had abandoned a boat like a 15, 16 foot runabout boat. I mean, it's all stripped and everything. And you could tell the kids come out there and have their, their kegger or their, their little beer parties or somebody does the locals, they come out there and they use the inside of the hull of this boat to build bonfires because there's beer bottles stacked up all around this boat. And the inside of it is all burned because it looks like they bring wood, throw it on the inside of the hull of the boat. And then these kids, I, I figure it's kids doing it, you know, teenagers. And they all have their little, you know, beer parties out there. But I just couldn't believe. And this boat is, it's like somebody hauled this boat out there and dumped it off of a trailer. Uh, Joel P, let's get back in the room, guys. See what you got to say. Joel P says, do you see the Canadian found... Did you see the Canadian found a way across the border with their RVs? They are having them towed by an essential tow company into America, and they are allowed to fly in. Wow, that is crazy. I did not know that, Joel P. Good one. Just for you guys, uh, you probably wonder why I read your comments. The reason I read your comments is because this is, I do do an audio version of the show, which I think most of you know. So the people that are listening on audio, I try to read the comments so they know exactly what I'm answering to when I uh, answer something. But no, Joe P, I did not know that. But leave it to Canadians. They'll always find a workaround. Canadians, you know, they're good about stuff like that because they have a lot of restrictions up there in the, eh, in the great white north. So they have to figure things out. Uh, Justin Credible's up there in Vancouver. And you can't get him to come into the into the States. He won't hardly do it. He's He loves Vancouver. Joe P says the mail service in Parker is good. Yes, the mail service is good in Parker. It's not great in Quartzsite. If you go to the po- post office in Quartzsite, it's a nightmare because there's so many nomads that are getting their mail there that anytime you go to the post office in Quartzsite, it's going to be a freaking, it's going to be a dilemma. Uh, Freedom Dove says, I wouldn't mind spending the six months in the LTVA. That's what it's called. The long-term visitor. What is it? LT? It's long-term 
VA. What does the VA stand for? Vacation area? Long-term vacation area? I can never remember what the L... I know it's long-term something. Uh, Freedom Dove says, I wouldn't mind spending the six months in LTVA in winter if I can find a way to make money while I'm there. Yes. So that's exactly what I'm putting this... uh, I'm putting this, trying to put this uh, store together, uh, Freedom Dove, is so I'll have some income. Uh, it's just, you know, I've been watching Chris Penn. If you don't know who Chris is, he has the off-grid schoolie. And uh, I remember when he was starting out and he was struggling so much uh, with money aspects of thing. Him and his girlfriend would go to town and they would get like, he would get like a job bartending and she would get a job waitressing so they could make enough money to move on to their next destination. Uh, when they went up to Seward, Alaska, they went up there and got jobs. So they stayed up there and worked, uh, while they were up there. So they would have money to travel when the season ended in Alaska and they came back down to the lower 48. Uh, you know, and that's where I'm at. I need, if I want to get out there on the road, I've been spinning my wheels. I have to figure out a way to make some kind of income so I don't have to have a regular J-O-B. That makes sense. Uh, because I don't have any retirement and I don't get social security. You know, and a lot of older nomads get social security. I'm not old enough for that and I don't get it. So I have to figure out a way to have passive income and I've been spinning my wheels with this YouTube thing for 12 years now and uh, it's never taken off for me so I've got to find something else so what I'm hoping this store uh, I mean even if the store if I can put it together it's going to cost me uh, if I I'm building the store with Shopify so it's $29 a month for Shopify which is a big added expense I try not to do anything on a I try not to do anything on a uh, monthly. I try to keep everything that's a monthly recurring fee low. Uh, so that'd be the biggest expense. And then I've even looked at StreamYard uh, signing up for them, which would be another $20 a month. So that's $50 a month in payments for two different services. But I look at it like this. I've been doing these things using free services because I didn't really I didn't really have the money to pay for these things. Or it, it, it's added expense I don't want, I should say. And, but if it would help get me to a different level, it would be worth it. If I could, you know, if I can pay $29 a month for the Shopify and make, you know, three or $400 a month from it, you know, because if I could add what I make with YouTube now, if I, if the, if I could duplicate that with a store, then I would be okay. I could get out there and probably start travel, start traveling. But as it is right now, the only thing I could wait on, I guess, would be Social Security. I mean, I think that's what a a lot of nomads do, which for me, I just turned 51. So what is Social Security? 65? So it's still nine years away. Uh, Freedom Dove says, yes, you're lucky, Matilda. That would be nice. Uh, Oh, my God. Matilda says, I'm lucky I have a government pension. Yeah. So you were in the military, uh, Matilda? Man, if I had a government pension, I would never, I'd be traveling everywhere. Yes, had to put it in 30 years. I had to put in 30 years for it, but I'm grateful. Well, we're grateful for you for uh, serving the country, Matilda. But that's awesome. I love that. I literally almost went into the Coast Guard when I was, gosh, in my late 20s. I was working at the Embassy Suites. Love Field in Dallas. 
And one of the guys I worked with was a retired, uh, he was a retired engineer, something engineer with a Coast Guard. He worked on, uh, he was stationed in San Diego for many years, but then he was on icebreakers that traveled all over the world. Those are those ships that they, they sail through the ice and break the ice so other ships can travel behind them. And uh, his retire his pension was nothing. To, I mean, it was absolutely nothing to scoff at. And this was back in the nineties. Uh, and then he still worked, so he was bringing in, working at the hotel and his government pension. He was bringing in like seven, eight grand a month. Back in the nineties, uh, Joe P says I take odd jobs as a hitman. That's like if I could do that, if I could just do one hit a year, Joe P, and make you know a hundred and fifty thousand off one hit a year, uh, I might get good, you know a good good ten years out of that before I actually get caught by the feds or you know taken out myself. But I could do that, be a hitman. Freedom Dev says I tried to enroll in the army. They rejected me because I had an ulcer at the time. Oh man, yeah. It, it's the you know military is not a bad way to go if you're looking at it long term but I think most people jump in and get out in four years but those people that are lifers that end up getting a pension at the end I think it's well worth your time Matilda says well I'm still paying for my rig so I could never leave on 1k a month oh my gosh is that how you're getting Matilda my buddy uh Bill was getting I want to say he was getting 2700 a month or 3300 I think it was 3300 a month on his pension and this was in 1996 95 I worked it with him when it was 95 because Selena Kinsania uh the Tano singer she got killed we were sitting there watching that him and I uh together so it was 95 and uh, he was getting good good money but he was uh he was the highest you could be without being an officer if, does that make sense? I don't know anything about military chain of command, but he was the highest you could be without actually, I think, I don't, I think that's right. Or maybe he was an officer. Maybe he was the lowest ranked officer. I can't remember. Uh, Freedom Dove says it only takes 25 years to retire from the military. It's actually a pretty sweet deal if it goes well. Yes, that's true. 25 years. But if you want to tire, if you want to retire with a full benefits pension, you have to put in the 30. Is that right? <clears throat> but I was looking at going into the Coast Guard because the Coast Guard, if you're going to go in the military, dude, the Coast Guard is the best one. Uh, in my, in my, uh, I mean, the Marines, if you're, you know, if you're young and full of, uh, you know, ready to go, ready to fight, the Marines is where to go because they're the badasses. But if you just want to get in and have like a fun job, like, you know, Bill flew, his job when he first got in, he was stationed in San Diego and he flew the Coast Guard helicopters. He would sit in the door, the open door of the Coast Guard helicopter as they flew up and down the beach doing beach patrol. That's my kind of freaking military job right there. And then after that, he wanted to go out to sea. So he put in to get on a ship and uh, they made him a uh, guy. I can't remember his title, something engineer, but he was a, he was like a mechanic on a icebreaker. <clears throat> and he couldn't fix anything, which was funny to me. He literally, he had, he would brag about all this stuff that he worked on and stuff, but he couldn't fix anything. 
Uh, but he had a job at Embassy Suites, and that was our job was to fix stuff. That's why I know he can fix anything because I'd tell him to fix something or I'd leave something for him to finish that I started, and he wouldn't get it fixed. And I don't know. And I always thought it was because he was lazy. And then I finally figured out, like, oh no, he's not lazy. He just doesn't know how to fix it. Uh, piss and vinegar, exactly, random nomad. If you're full of piss and vinegar, you can uh, jump in, jump in, and become a jarhead or a marine. Uh, random nomad says that was me that asked that. Uh, Joel Joel P says I tell young people going in, going. I tell young people going if you go in, stay in. My wife is a marine. Awesome, Joel P. Yep, stay in if you get in there get get you know retire with your benefits but a lot of people just jump in for that four-year run for some reason just to get an education to jump out to do something else freedom dove says the only thing i have to depend on is 400 a month for two years starting next june that's my alimony for 20 years of service to my son and his father uh yeah well that's at least you get something freedom dove 400 dollars a month is 400 a month uh, that's not much for 20 years of service though. So you were a stay at home mom, freedom dove. That's a real predicament. Uh, when women, when women are stay at home, uh, wives, uh, and then the relationship ends and they've been a stay at home wife for 20 years and then, you know, never work just taking, I mean, they work taking care of the household. I mean, I still love, uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I love the old, the old school fifties. I mean, or, you know, the, even the sixties, even the seventies, you know what I mean? Like where women stayed home. I mean, I know it's so chauvinistic now to say, even say this or admit that you liked it. Uh, but when women stayed home and the men went out and worked our system, think about that. Our system here in America was the cost of things were low enough that you didn't need a two family income. The husband and the wife didn't have to work. The husband could work and bring on plenty of money to support the whole household. But, uh, I, I've read a couple of books talking about that. It was actually like a deep state conspiracy. Oh my God, this is going to get demonetized. It was like a conspiracy, uh, done up by the, uh, <clears throat> Oh, like the powers that be, you know what I mean? Uh, to to push in the media back in the seventies, uh, the women's the women's movement, uh, the women's independent movement to get them to vote because they actually wanted them to vote and they actually wanted to get women into the workforce. Uh, so there would be more people working, paying more income tax. Does that make sense? And I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a bunch of hogwash when I first like saw the, you know, saw the, the snippet of like what they were talking about. But then once I read it, I was like, wow, that actually makes a lot of sense. And women don't even get it. Women don't even know that. But the whole women's independence movement uh, was basically started by the government because there was other countries out there like China and Japan, Japan at the time, and then Taiwan, where women were already in the workforce. They were already part of the workforce. And then we had women in the workforce during the war. While everybody was off fighting the war in World War II, the women basically took over and ran the country. And so they knew that women could do it and women could get out there and work. Uh, so, but it was more income tax for the country. <clears throat> but they said for the country to be able to compete with these other countries for years to come, 
that the women would have to join the workforce here. But I think uh, morality for the country fell off a lot uh, when mothers were no longer taking care of the households and they were dropping their kids off at a daycare or, you know, at a babysitter, which is the way my kids were raised. I mean, my wife worked the entire time. The funny thing is, is when we first got married, I was very into the she would stay at home, take care of the kids kind of thing because I was raised that way. My dad believes that he's old school Texas rancher. Uh, But so she stayed at home for the first year and a half, I guess, uh, until our son was probably a year old, maybe year and a half. I don't know if he was even that old, but she did stay at home for a while. And uh, we first moved to Dallas from Lubbock. Uh, I worked in an apartment complex. They gave us a free apartment, and uh, it was amazing. I could go home for lunch, and she was there, and she would make me like a little lunch, and it was just cool. Uh, But then after I, you know, that was the early 90s, and the economy in Dallas just started exploding. So I just started moving my way up the, the corporate ladder into better jobs really quick. And it didn't take her long until she came to me one day and she's like, hey, like, uh, what would you think about if I got a job? I was like, what? She goes, what would you think about if I got a job? I'm like, uh, hmm. I said, she goes, I'm bored. She goes, I mean, it's, I like taking care of Patrick, which is our son, but she goes, I'm kind of bored. I kind of want to go back to work. And when we were in high school, she worked at Burger King religiously. She was, she worked every evening after school at Burger King and she's a very good employee. Uh, But she hadn't had a job since she quit Burger King when we were kids and she worked at Burger King in high school and I worked at Arby's. So I was like, huh, if you want to go back to work, and I basically said this to her, I said, look, if you want to go to work, I have no objection to that. That's, it'll be more money for us. I mean, we'll, you know, it'll basically double or not double, but you know, it'll be a lot more, it'll be more money for us. We'll have more money as a couple, but I was doing fine. Like I said, we had, I was a a maintenance guy in apartment complex. We had a free apartment. Uh, So our cars were both paid for. uh, So we really didn't have too many bills as kids. Like when we moved to, to, when we moved from Lubbock to uh, Dallas, our son was just born. He was like two months old, but we were both 18 year old kids. We had just turned 18. Like she got pregnant with Patrick, my son, my oldest son, when uh, we were 17. So uh, I dropped out of high school and went right to work. And uh, when she said she was going to have the baby. So, uh, I told her, I said, if you want to work, I have no problem with that. But here's the deal. If you go to work, you will never be able to quit because we will get too uh, attached to that added income. So if you don't want to work, you don't have to go to work. But if you want to work, go to work. Just know that you're going to be working, you know. And funny thing is, she decided to go to work. She ended up getting a job at a little place in the Galleria Mall, which is the the high-end mall in Dallas. It's where Neiman Marcus and all of the elite stores, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, all of the elite stores, that mall was right down the street from where we lived at apartment complex in Dallas. Uh, And she got a job there. Uh, We we would go to the mall from time to time just to walk around. We couldn't afford anything in that mall at the time. But it's like a big three-story mall. It's a beautiful mall still today. 
And we would go down to the mall just to walk around and see how the rich people lived. You know what I mean? Uh, like we'd walk up to the windows and there'd be purses for like five to $15,000. We're like, holy crap. Could you imagine having the money to buy a purse for five to $15,000? That kind of thing. Cause we were just kids. We didn't have a lot of money, but we were happy. But she ended up going, we were down at the Galleria, so she went to the Galleria, and we went in one day, and she was getting applications. And lo and behold, this little store that was just starting out, it had just opened, it was called Dallas Bonsai Garden. And they basically sold those little uh, Japanese bonsai trees uh, that you would see like in Karate Kid and stuff. And they were super expensive trees. They were selling those trees, I think, for like two or $300, if I remember right. I don't remember, but it was... I was astounded by it. Like we couldn't even, we wouldn't even, couldn't afford one. They were too expensive. And I told her, we're not buying one of those trees because we, what if it dies? I mean, what if we don't take care of it right and it dies? Because they're kind of temperamental. But anyway, she worked at Dallas Bonsai Garden for probably about four to six months, I guess. And the people that, that opened that store, they loved her. So it was an older, or it was like a middle-aged couple. The guy was probably in his mid-50s. And the wife was probably like my age now, like 48 to 50, something like that. But the wife was Japanese and she married like an older, wealthier white guy. But they were just as sweet as they could be. And they opened this bonsai store because the Japanese wife had a passion for bonsai trees from Japan and she wanted to make them available here in the States. And my wife at the time, who was Hispanic, Latina, it was so funny because uh, she was really pretty, but everybody thought she was Asian because you didn't see Asians at that time in Texas. Still today, I only know one Asian girl in Texas, my friend Jenny. Uh, but when I was running around Dallas, you never saw Asians, but they're everywhere here in L.A. Uh, but anyway, it was funny because she was actually uh, Mexican, but everybody that came into the bonsai store thought she was, you know, there was travelers all over from Europe and stuff. So people would come up to try to talk Japanese to her and she didn't speak Japanese. It was funny. But after about six months of working at the bonsai garden, my step cousin, Jimmy, called me one day or text me, I think. Didn't call back then. There was no cell phones. I think he I think he hit my pager and then I went and found a phone and called him and uh, he was at work and he worked at Albertson's uh, over in, I think it's Plano. I can't remember, but anyway, he worked at this new nice Albertson's. It was a really nice grocery store out in a part of Dallas that wasn't, that was just being developed. I mean, it's, it's all been way developed for years now, but at that time it was just being developed and everything was new. And he texted me and I called him. He's like, Hey man, Albertsons is hiring right now. You should tell Patty to come down here and try to get a job because our insurance benefits are amazing. They cover you 80 to 100% on everything. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. I was like, yeah, that's great insurance. And at the place that she was working at, they had like a little, what's it, HPO or a PO or whatever it's called. It wasn't very good insurance, but she did have some. Back in those days, all the employers covered your insurance. If you had a job for somebody, you basically had pretty good health insurance, an IPO, that's what it was called. And she ended up, so I went home, or I mean, I, I immediately ran ran home because I worked in the apartment complex that we lived, and I go and knock on the door, and I mean, knock on, I go and tell her, over the door, and I'm like, hey, Patty, get ready, get fixed, and go to Albertsons and get a freaking application, they're hiring go down there, get an application, and uh, Jimmy's going to try to get you on at Albertson's. 
<clears throat> and she's like, oh my God, but I kind of love the bonsai garden and I love the people I work for. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but this is Albertsons and they'll have insurance that'll cover our whole family. So Patrick, our baby will have insurance because we were struggling with, you know, doctor's appointments and stuff with that because we were paying out of our pocket or the insurance that I had at the Parma complex. We, I had insurance, but it wasn't great. Uh, but they gave you a free apartment and stuff. So there was always trade-offs. But I thought to myself, if she can get a job at Albertsons, then I can work and make money. And even though my jobs don't have great insurance, they give you a free apartment. But if she gets a job at Albertsons, they cover our insurance and we'll be set. So she goes down to Albertsons and this was in 92, 1992, maybe 93. But I think it was around 92 or 93. The year. She goes down to Albertsons. Literally, they basically hire her on the spot. Like she comes back home. She goes, I got the job. Like we were thought, I thought she was going to go get an application and come back and fill out an application. No, she goes down there to get an application and they hire her on the spot because my cousin Jimmy was like a assistant manager, I guess. So she's hired. So she comes back home. She goes, I got to go to work at Albertsons in the morning, like at six o'clock. I was like, holy crap. Uh, so anyway, she went to work for Albertsons and this is a long drawn out story, but the moral of the story is that was 1992. She still works for Albertsons. She started as like a checker, but now she's like a comptroller or she does like all the accounting and stuff, but she's been with Albertsons for what is that? 30 years or something like that. I don't even know. I mean, it's, she's been there a long time. But their insurance, even though she still has the company insurance, she has to pay a lot more for it now. And it's not even half as good as it was back in those days. It's fell off a lot. <laughs> random Nomad says, well, I'm young. Yeah, you're just a young pup, random, a young pup, Random Nomad. Uh, I just got on a, on a storytelling rant there. I don't wasn't keeping up with what you guys were saying, so I'm scrolling back a little bit. My ex worked all of her paid, went to daycare. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, we we had a we had daycare, but my actually stepsister, my actual stepsister, actually watched our son when we were young. So it all just kind of worked out. We we're very lucky, very fortunate when we were young. Uh, you know, because when we, when our son uh, was conceived, we were both 17 and in high school. And you can imagine my panic because I didn't know how to do anything. I was a stupid kid. You know what I mean? I had no direction. I mean, before uh, she got pregnant, I was running around in my 78 Trans Am. I was running around in my 78 Trans Am getting in trouble and going to juvenile hall. I got in a high speed pursuit with the cops, made the news. Uh, so I was a hell, I was a hell raiser. I was running around doing all kinds of stuff. Gosh, it's already 15 after. Uh, but if you if you watch Jay Leno's Garage, uh, his episode, his latest episode is a 1979 Trans Am, and it's literally almost identical to my first car, my first Trans Am. Mine was a mine was a 78. Oh, you had a 78 Trans Am, a Freedom Dove. I did too. My first car, and mine was nice. It had uh, Recaro seats in it. So back in those days or back in like the gosh, 85, I guess, 86, 87, Recaro, uh, if you remember the old Fox body Mustangs that come out with a little five or with a 5.0 that were square, but they were fast as hell. 
the little the ugly Ford Fox Body Mustang. So Recaro made us a custom seat that was produced in those Mustangs. So during those years, Recaro actually made a seat package that was called a Trans Am package. That was a Trans Am edition that you could order for your Trans Am. Uh, and so the guy I bought my Trans Am from had put those seats in my Trans Am and, uh, when I bought it and the seats were $745 a piece for the two bucket seats. So it was almost $1,500 for the two front seats. And then the back seat was $845 or something like that. So just the seats in that car were what? $1,500 or $2,000. Uh, random number says Fox bodies are the most wanted. Mu- yeah, now the most wanted Mustangs are the Fox bodies. If you're fixing them up to be high performance, still the best Mustangs. There's no Mustang that'll ever, ever, ever be more uh, sought after than a '66 Mustang because women love '66 Mustangs. Like a '60 '68 Camaro. '68 Camaro is the Camaro. I actually kind of like the '69, which is a little square Camaro. I like a, my favorite's a '69 Firebird. Uh, but the 68 Camaro is the supposedly the epitome of Camaros. As far as Mustangs, a 66 Mustang is the mother load of uh, Mustangs. But the Fox Body Mustangs now are very sought after, especially with that 5.0 in them, because they are very fast. They're a very fast car for how small they were. As a matter of fact, uh, when I had my Trans Am, the Texas Highway Patrol, actually, uh, all of their cars, their new high-performance pursuit cars, were those square-body 5.0 Mustangs. Uh, and I, the reason I know is because they chased me, and they couldn't keep up with me in my Trans Am. Uh, it's funny because Jay Leno was, you could tell he's not really a big Trans Am guy. Uh, when he's talking about the Trans Am and he's talking about how it only had 200 horsepower, something like that. Mine had a lot more horsepower than that. I had a 455 Olds in mine. Uh, it didn't have the little 403, but he was talking about, you know, it didn't have much power, but then he gets in and drives that Trans Am. He's like, whoa, this, it's got this. I can't believe it's just got two. It seems like it's got more horsepower. Yeah. They were geared really low and 411 rear end and, I love the old Trans Ams. And it's funny because by the time Jay Leno gets through driving that Trans Am in his latest episode, he's you can tell he's he's sold. He likes it. He kept he keeps talking about the chicken on the hood. He doesn't like the chicken on the hood. He could do without the chicken on the hood. For me, that's what made the car was that chicken on the hood. But the funny thing is, is mine didn't have the chicken on the hood. There was no there was no uh, bird on the hood of mine. It's so funny because I, um, not funny. I, I, I don't know why I use that term so much. The fire chicken. Yes. Random nomad. Uh, it's so funny, uh, because I, uh, I, I set myself to just do this show for an hour and these last few shows, every single time I get going and then we're 20 minutes past an hour already. So I think we'll run this into one, uh, we still got eight viewers in the room, so we'll go to, I think, uh, an hour and 30 on this show. I've figured out that I can do the audio. It's not that big a deal. It's not that big a deal to do the extra time for the audio. But the reason is, uh, if the reason I really try to stay to an hour is because if you do these longer streams on YouTube, uh, like 
Literally like the best stream that you could do time-wise for YouTube would probably be 15 to 30 minutes. Because if I do an hour and if I do anything over an hour, it took I think almost 48 hours after this stream ends before the broadcast, the rebroadcast is actually rendered and ready for YouTube. So if you ever notice that, so that kills the time because the show's already over. So people, you know, they know there's a Wednesday show, but this show probably won't go live on YouTube until tomorrow at this time or maybe even Friday morning. And then there'll be another show Friday night. So, uh, it takes YouTube a long time to render these shows, and I think one reason it takes so long for them to get it up and get it running is because they also, if you have ads on it, then they have to look at your show uh, because they always, now the funny thing is my last show uh, about the changing the hosting, that show was one of my first, I've only had maybe two or three uh, shows that I've done of these live broadcasts of the live stream that wasn't immediately demonetized. But my last show, when I was talking about changing the host from Podbean to Red Circle, that show did not get demonetized at the end of it. I was completely blown away. But it still took them like 48 hours to get it live for it to go live. Uh, I usually see them, yeah, usually t the next day, Joel P, but it takes about 24 hours before they go up because I know the last show at 12 hours I was looking and I'd seen that it was 12 hours now with that being said the funny thing is is there's a link so when I end the show I go in and do my editing to make sure everything's set up right there's a link to the show I can take that link and put it out there anywhere and you can get the back end and go see the show if I post it somewhere like if I take the link and post it on Facebook from the show you can see the show but if I don't take the link it doesn't actually show up on my YouTube page for like you know anywhere from anywhere from 10 to 15 to 24 to even 48 hours like the show that I did that was two hours long it took a while for that show to go up and I also I want you guys to take a look because I redid the thumbnail uh, I'm just kind of revamping everything for the new year I do this kind of every year I get into like a gun a gung-ho just get it all done kind of mood and get a lot of stuff done so I've been working on like so many things and I like the design of my thumbnail, but it's kind of, uh, it was kind of non-professional, kind of hokey looking, uh, kind of just thrown together. Uh, not really very professional or eye-catching. So I redid the thumbnail. So I want you guys to, when the show does go live, take a look at the new thumbnail for 2021. Let me know what you think of my new design. GST, Golden State Times. Uh... Freedom Dove says you can view them after it's over, but you might not see the comments unless you wait for the 24 hours. No, what I'm talking about, uh, Freedom Dove, is it won't go up. You can see the show. If you know what the link is, you can see it. It's there. But what I'm talking about is on my YouTube page. It's not there for like hours and hours after uh, the show will end. Go check today. If you don't believe me, check today. When we end this show, it won't be. it won't show up on your YouTube page page or on this YouTube page, you won't see it. You'll see the last show for, you know, probably 20 hours before this one will finally be rendered and be live. 
But the but the other thing is is I do the audio version because I do that on Red Circle now the the audio version. So as soon as this show ends, you can get the audio version. It's going to go all the way through all the podcast networks. It'll be on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio, on Spotify. It'll be up within the within the next hour. By ten o'clock, you'll be able to hear the audio version. But the video live broadcast, the rebroadcast won't be live on YouTube until they get done rendering it. And then if they demonetize it, it takes them even longer because I have to put in for a review. So they have to have somebody as a human come in and review my podcast to make sure that uh, I'm not saying anything that goes against their community guidelines that uh, is not advertisement friendly. Joel P. says, I listen to the shows while working on the schoolie. Uh, a few I was looking for the live chat before I realized that it wasn't live. Yeah. That's that's awesome that you listen to it. GST does that all the time. You should be able to go in immediately and post it and upload it. What is GST, Freedom Dove? Oh, and I want to thank you, Freedom Dove, for uh, giving me the heads up on that Vidly. Uh, I kind of looked at that, and it looks like it does work pretty well for downloading uh, uh, YouTube videos. And that was, it's a viewer. Okay, Freedom Dove. Uh, that Vidly that you uh, gave me the recommendation for Vidly, and I downloaded it, that was one of my biggest holdups for doing Nomad News again is because they I used to use this site that you didn't have to download anything. You just went to the website and you put in the link and then you could just immediately download the video in 720p. Now, there's a lot of video uplo- uh, downloaders out there, but it's like 480 low quality and I at least needed 720p, if not 1080. Uh, so uh, the Vidly, I haven't used it to download anything yet, but it looks like it's going to work good. Uh, Freedom Dev says, I rarely have problems with Vidly. Yeah, so that was a big, uh, that was a big help to me, uh, Freedom Dove. I wanted to thank you again because people kept asking me, like, you know, I mean, one of the reasons I didn't do Nomad News is because once uh, YouTube killed that link site where I went, because you just went to a browser. You just, I can't remember what it was, but you just went to the browser. I had it saved. You put your link in and you just download. You didn't have to download any software to your computer. And then when I started looking at, uh, like Vidly, where you have to download it, actually do your computer for it to work. A lot of those are set up by scam artists to download a virus into your computer. So you have to be careful which ones you download. Because there was several of them that I that I went in and I, re- I didn't realize I had to download them. And I would click like a download the video and it would start downloading their software. And then my freaking AGT or what AGP virus software would pop up and go, you're downloading a virus. Would you like to continue or stop it? I'd be like, oh my God, stop it. Uh, Freedom Dose, you can download MP4 and MP3. Awesome. Yeah, MP4 is perfect. Uh, I use the add-ons for a long time, but they're very unreliable anymore. Yeah, exactly. YouTube is really, when YouTube went with their paid subscription service, where you can pay for the YouTube TV or whatever it is, uh, which gives you the option of being able to download videos. They really went after all of the download sites that used to be able, there used to be like tons of these sites where you didn't have to download anything. You just went in your browser and you just put the link in. Like if this video right here, you just take the link, put the link in and you could download the video immediately. And then, you know, whatever, watch it on an airplane or whatever. 
You know, if you don't have Wi-Fi on the airplane, you could download this episode. And then while you're flying on the airplane, you could play it on your computer. But when, when YouTube went to the, you know, of using a pay service for you getting that, that's part of their pay service. So they really cut down on the people that were offering the download because it's actually not legal to download. You know, you you could be infringing on people's copyright to download their videos, which me, my videos, I don't care. If you want to download my videos and upload them to your own, I don't, I don't even care because it's actually more uh, eyes that are going to view the video. Even though I wouldn't get paid for it, it would be marketing. So maybe somebody might, like what they're seeing and actually come watch the live show. That makes sense. Joe Rogan was like that. Joe Rogan, there used to be so many uh, YouTube sites out there. It's been cut down now, but at the beginning, Joe Rogan didn't even care. People would go in, people would make a YouTube account like, uh, it would say like, uh, Joe Rogan's monkey arms or something like that on YouTube, right? Just some weird Joe Rogan name and they would go in and download Joe Rogan's videos and cut out snippets of his of that video the best parts of the video and upload it to their own YouTube channel and make and monetize it and make money off of it and I used to think god that's got to make Joe Rogan furious because they're taking his videos and they're they're creating a YouTube channel they're not creating any content on their own at all they're stealing Joe Rogan's shows slicing them up uh, editing, editing them and then uploading them to their own YouTube, Joe, Joe Rogan's monkey arms, YouTube channel and monetizing and making thousands of dollars off this. And they're competing with Joe Rogan shows. You think Joe Rogan would be irate about this. And on one of his shows, somebody asked him about it and he's like, I don't care. He's like, that's just more people advertising for me. I don't care. He goes, if they're just watching the snippets, maybe they'll come to my channel and watch the whole show. I was like, man, what a way to look at it. Uh, Freedom Dove says, I just download for my own personal use so I can view them later. That's exactly, that's a great idea, Freedom Dove. That's me too. Uh, a lot of times what I do is I will jump on, uh, if I've got a flight, used to, I used to fly a lot. So when I used to fly a lot back in the day, now you can get Wi-Fi for like eight bucks on the plane, but I don't even, I don't like to pay, I'm too cheap to pay the eight bucks. I used to do it, but... Uh, if I was going to if I had a long flight or if I was going to be flying somewhere, what I would do is jump on YouTube and find like 10 videos uh, to download and I would download them into a folder. And then when I got on the plane, I had 10 videos to watch, uh, to choose from, to watch on the plane because there was no internet back then, but now there is Uh random nomad says that worked for me with the Joe Rogan snippet. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, we just hit an hour and 30 minutes, so we're going to get off of here. Uh, let me know in the comments what you guys think about, because uh, it's going to take a lot of work. I'm not kidding you. Uh, if you've never done an e-commerce site, it's a lot of work. But I think, uh, you know, uh, I think it would be a good, I think it would be time well invested. My, my Always your biggest fear is putting in, it, it'll probably take two or three hundred hours uh, maybe more to get this e-commerce site where it's like a real store where it's done, uh, where you could be proud of it. Uh, it's like a real store. So I don't know. And it's going to be $29 a month for Shopify. That's their lowest plan. So, but if I get sold like four or five t-shirts a month, it should pay that. So I should break even. Right. 
But your biggest fear is putting in three, 400 hours and then going live with your shop. And then maybe it sells one t-shirt a month or one t-shirt every two or three months. I know people like that. I know people think, uh, you, especially like two or three years ago, people thought like uh, everybody was buying merch. Like if you launched a, mer- a merch store, like everybody would buy your merch. Some of my best friends, Sabrina and uh, my van life best friends back in the day with Wonderbus, uh, they did a whole, they, they spent all of this time, designed this amazing store for their merch, got their merch launched, and then uh, it, they, they didn't sell very much at all, like $30, $40 a month. They were really disappointed. Uh, Freedom Dove says, my internet connection used to be so bad that the only way I could watch something was to download it and watch later. The buffering was just too bad. Yes, I know people that are still like that Freedom Dove in rural communities. Please make sure to make tank tops available. I hate t-shirts. I will definitely do that, Freedom Dove, just for you, just for, thank you for, and and guys, be sure to, once I get the store going up, you can look at the store now. Uh, let me put the link in for the Teespring store. Because until I get the uh, Shopify store built, everything will be on the Teespring store. So I do have merch. If I ever get, to, like I said, to 10000 I'm going to keep the Teespring store as well uh, for uh, just fan stuff mostly. So I'm going to put the link into for the Teespring store now. Uh, but I'm going to keep the store, even when the other store goes live, I'll keep the Teespring store. So if we ever get to 10,000 subscribers, I can uh, have the, the Teespring shelf underneath my videos, which is a big goal of mine. Uh, but if you see something in the store, like for Freedom, though, she hates T-shirts, and but she likes like, uh, you know, like wife beaters or tank tops or whatever, let me know because they, they're usually... That stuff is usually there. I just have to design it and put it out there. And I would show you guys the other store, but it's password protected because I haven't paid. I haven't, I've, they'll let you do a 14 day free trial with Spotify. So I wanted to see what I could do, you know, if I could actually make a store, uh, because as easy as they make this stuff sound, it's not real easy. It's a lot of work uh, putting this stuff in and figuring out the design aspects of any of these drag and drop type stores from Squarespace to uh, Shopify, all of them. But if you spend the time and watch YouTube videos, you can anybody can figure it out. So anybody could actually do a store nowadays. Freedom Dove says, you guys have a great night. Much love to you all. Yep. Thank you so much, guys. But anyway, hopefully... Uh, I'll have everything set up by uh, Friday and you guys will actually be able to see the, see the new store that's coming up and leave in the comments because uh, I'm going to be buying a domain name for the new store. I already own a domain name when I first started the American Nomad. So I already own a domain name that's AmericanNomad.online instead of .com because .com is taken. .net is there. But nowadays you can get like American American Nomad dot online. I already own that domain. I ha- already have it. But I'm thinking for the shop, I want to buy American Nomad dot shop or American Nomad dot uh, store. Dot store is two ninety nine. I can get it for two dollars and ninety nine cents. And shop is eleven ninety nine a year. Uh, so I'm thinking. I like shop better, even though it's $11.99 a year instead of a $2.99 for store. I still like the way shop sounds better. But let me, 
in the comments, let me know what you guys think. Should I get dot shop or dot store? Because my whole deal is it's going to be shop. You know what I mean? Come shop the store. But it's going to be a store. So uh, just stores uh, $2.99, shop is $11.99. Let me know in the comments what you guys think, which domain sounds rings better for you guys. So instead of it being AmericanNomad.com, it's going to be AmericanNomad.shop or AmericanNomad.store. Shop, yep, random nomad. That's my, uh, even though it's a little bit more money, I think shop just sounds better. Random nomad, yes, you should, dude. The thing I, the thing I like about Shopify is the is store because it's cheaper. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, Freedom Dove. I just think shop kind of. I, I like the way shop rings, like American Nomad Shop instead of American Nomad Store. But I mean, I guess either one. Nobody's even going to pay any much attention to it. I'll post in the comments. Thank you, uh, Random Nomad. But my whole deal with Shopify is if you want to sell your own products, like if, like on Shopify, if I do a Shopify store, I could sell this mouse. You know, this is a gaming mouse. You know what I mean? And uh, they're about 60 bucks. And I have a in where I can get them for 30, 35 or 36. I think I paid with shipping for this mouse. But they're like a $60 mouse. And I got, I got, I can get them for like half price. So those are the kind of things I'm thinking of, you know, and if, and if you go to, or if you go to Amazon, if you go to Amazon and you find this mouse on Amazon for like four or like a $55 and then you go to a regular shop and they're $62 and then you go to my shop and you can get them for $42. Why wouldn't you buy it at my shop? You know what I mean? So that's the kind of things I'm looking for is to put like uh, discounted products in there. So I may have just a miscellaneous category that'll have all kinds of keyboards or whatever I find. You know what I mean? Like little brick chargers for your phone, uh, stuff like that. Random Nomad says, I got a hobby that can make me a little extra money from it. Very good idea, Random Nomad, especially being a nomad. Uh, for a lot of us, it's all about a uh, passive income. Anyway, guys, I am just, I got to get off here. I want to thank you guys uh, for joining me for the Wednesday show. And uh, we will hopefully see you guys. Uh, Random Nomad says, you got a lead on it, your phone holder. Yes, uh, I will send you the information. It's a, actually a really cool phone holder. Let me show you Random Nomad. I'll take it out. Um, I had on my old phone uh a phone holder kind of similar to this but this one has a little this little thing on it so you can loop it through your finger which I like and it also works if you have your phone on sideways it actually works as a stand so you can hold your phone up if you're watching a video I can set my phone uh, like right here and watch a video uh, while my phone's playing or if I'm working on the computer and I have the computer up I can actually have my phone playing a video underneath there so it's really cool. And then the other thing is the case I used to have, uh, it didn't have this kickstand, but it was a similar case, but it ha I had a magnet that I put inside here and it would stick to when I'm driving, it would stick to my windshield holder thing via magnet. This thing right here is actually a magnet. So you don't, I no longer need that, that little magnet uh, in here because this is a magnet. So it's a really cool little phone case and I paid either 19 I mean uh wait a second I paid either 999 or 1499 I can't remember 
And uh, it took me a couple of cases. I'm very particular about these cases. I don't know why. But I ordered another case that I got from eBay, and I got it in, and I put it on the phone, and as I put it on the phone, it broke. So I buy these phones because I want the shock protection because I drop my phone, these phone cases. I buy these things so they actually really protect my phone. So my old phone is right here, and this is a iPhone 6S Plus, and then not getting, I'm a poor nomad, so I ended up getting, when this one got where it's actually bent, and then it actually got where the touchscreen was kind of messed up on it, I ended up uh, getting for free from a friend of mine, a brand, it was almost a brand new iPhone 7 Plus, so I wanted to get a new case for it, but this phone had the exact same case on it its entire life. All right, I gotta get off here, guys. Anyway, uh, have a good evening, guys. Be blessed. Thanks for tuning in. And hopefully we will see you guys back here on Friday. And I can't find my right screen. Now, that's the thing about making all of these uh, new screens. That's the phone I have, uh, iPhone 6S Plus. Yeah, that's my old one is the iPhone 6S Plus uh, Matilda. I mean, uh, Freedom Dove. I still have it. I mean, you can get like a hundred bucks for it, I guess now, but I mean, I just kind of keep it. I plan at one point, uh, if I get the right software, I'm going to use them as cameras for the show. Cause you can actually, if they're get, we're getting to the technology now where you could actually use an iPhone as a camera, but I will show you on uh, this success plus the main reason I didn't, uh, the main reason that I didn't, uh, use this phone or I got where I didn't uh I didn't use the phone is the camera is uh uh what's going on here the camera if you click on the camera it see I see I can't click on the screen so the camera you can hear that that's the camera vibrating I don't know if you guys can see that or not so I dropped it or something and so I went as a photographer for probably about six months without an actual working camera in my phone for the back camera. So this one's 1080p, but if you switch around to the front camera, the front camera works. So I could use this as a, as a camera for the podcast show, if that makes sense. So I have more than just two cameras. So that's something I'm looking at instead of buying GoPros. Anyway, guys, have a great evening and we will see you back here. Be sure to catch us Friday afternoon, evening, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central, 10 on the East Coast. Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.